Huh. I'm not gonna lie, you guys. This is the second show where I've seen a few of these matches where they probably could have done on Impact. And funny enough, there was one match that did kind of go on Impact because, giving you guys a little background here, the show is in Greenville, South Carolina. And one of the matches was so brutal that they couldn't do it in Greenville. They had to do it at the Impact Zone. And that was the Barbed Wire Massacre match. But I will talk about that in this review. It's the Against All Odds 2008 review here, you guys. Welcome to Brace for Impact. I am Nate the Effing Great, the Impact player of Wrestle Attic Radio. Definitely check out not only myself, but also my cohorts at the Kings of the Rings, WrestleMania, and Young Lions Perspective every single week here on Wrestle Attic Radio, where you can check out all of our great shows that we have on so many different podcasting formats. Check out our merch, but also get the chance to check us out every week because we have new episodes to upload every week. And we get some special content. If you guys join us, be a part of the Cure Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. So much, you guys, including the uh, Enter the Throne, I believe it is, but with King Ricky. Really great talk show where he talks about certain topics in wrestling. Definitely check that out. And I can't say enough about everybody here. I know I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent here, but at the same time, I don't care. It's my show. I'll do whatever I want. I appreciate everybody on WrestleLotic Radio, and I appreciate all the fans that we have here for WrestleLotic Radio, because you guys definitely make this a lot more fun, and we want to make this more fun for you and more enjoyable for you. That's especially what I'm going to try and do with this show here, because Against the Lot 2008 was a bit of a trial show to walk through. Uh, not to mention the fact that you have certain matches on here that should have been higher in intensity level, but it just kind of went bleh. So, honestly, I'm going to stop talking about that. I'm going to start talking about the show itself. Against the Odds took place on February 10th, 2008. Like I said, at Greenville, South Carolina, with a pay-per-view buy rate of 30000 So, definitely a little more than what it was for... The last show, uh, final resolution, which only got 20. And the attendance was 3,500 people in attendance. So they had a really good turnout for this show. And, oh, the next two shows, I'm actually looking at them now. And, yeah, they're having some pretty good turnouts for some of these shows. I mean, smaller crowds, but still, if you can get that many people in an arena... You're doing something right. So, we opened the show with a, they say, I say I said Navy opening, but it's more like a Marine opening and a singing of the National Anthem. reason why they did this is because the first matchup is going to be for the World Tag Team titles as BG James and his father, Bullet Bob Armstrong, are going to challenge AJ Styles and Tomko for the tag team titles. 
Uh, the opening package here, guys, was nothing too spectacular, so I'm just kind of gloss over that. Uh, this is BG James utilizing his feast or fired opportunity that he won at Turning Point. So he called his shot. He said, I'm challenging for the tag team titles. Originally, think it was going to be Kip James challenging with him, but he said that he wants the toughest, meanest man, but he also wants to live a dream, which was be a tag team champion with somebody who inspired him, that being Bullet Bob Armstrong. One fact that I actually forgot about was that both Bullet Bob and BG James served in the Navy, and they actually served on the uh, same spot here. I'm trying to remember the, the name of the base, but it's, it's, I forgot to write that down. Uh, but it was like a 30-year gap between the two of them. Bullet Bob served during his time, and then 30 years later, BG James served in that same camp. I thought that was actually a really cool thing to bring up. It adds a little bit more emotion into this matchup. Uh, as far as the matchup goes, you guys, this was nothing too spectacular. We got some comedy spots with uh, Bullet Bob just beating the bejesus out of AJ. Uh, Topco kind of comes in. He's the big man just going like, oh, yeah. Uh, the match ends with after uh, BG does his little you know dance and pump handle. Uh, we get some near falls. But AJ Styles comes in with a springboard missile dropkick to the leg of BG. It seemed like he got injured. They hit the tornado plex on BG, and the match is over. Despite the fact that it ended very quick and abrupt, uh, it was still a fun matchup, and I think the story was still pretty good. It's just the match itself was nothing too spectacular. But not quite a stinker of the match, honestly. I think they did what they could. It was short and sweet. Uh, Bullet Bob is obviously not in his prime. So it was one of those things where I think that they made the right call with this. So I gave this one a C. Nothing too spectacular, but enough for it to be like, okay, they did their deal. They had their time. We can kind of move on from that. Oh, God, we're already on this shit. So we go backstage with Karen Angle. And Kurt Angle, Karen is literally just yelling at Kurt, being like, never pay attention to me. You never want to do the things I want to do. You never want to do the And Kurt only cares about the title. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, huh, I can only imagine why this marriage does not work. And honestly, the fact that it plays out so much in this show, I shit you not, guys. It literally reaches a point where we see them, you know, jokingly go about being divorced to them slowly kind of losing every single bit of their marriage and the thing. It's just so weird. It's so mind-boggling. I just, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Up next, we have a knockouts matchup in which we have... Tracy Brooks versus Peyton Banks. Tracy Brooks was quote-unquote fired by Robert Roode to not be a part of Roode Industries. And then the stalker that Roode has had basically stalking him. Basically, it's just this girl in the crowd who has signs to be like, I'll be your next intern. I'll do this and blah, 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 blah. She comes out of nowhere, attacks Tracy Brooks, 
And Rudy's saying, let me introduce you to your replacement. And that is Peyton Banks. So basically, this is a grudge match between the two of them. Stalker versus former employee. How well does it go? Well, Tracy does a corner spear and she does some attacks on there. We get some kind of sluggish brawling between the two of them. It just looks a little bit eh. We get a backstabber by Peyton Banks. Honestly, I was not expecting that. It was a really good backstabber. And I was like, oh, wow, she's she's got moves. That's cool. Um, after that, they do... She goes for a corner attack, but Tracy moves out of the way. She rolls up Peyton Banks for the win. Tracy wins. They get a little bit of brawl between the two of them afterwards until the referees kind of pull apart. That's it. It's over. I gave this one a D. This was not one of the better matches on the show. This was one where I was kind of like, Ugh, it just, I don't know if it's a situation where they just didn't have the right chemistry or if it was a situation where maybe Peyton was just being put in the ring too quickly. But something felt off about this matchup. This just did not work out too well at all. So we go backstage. And Petey Williams and Scott Steiner are backstage, where Petey Williams, he is now not the Canadian Destroyer anymore. He's Maple Leaf Muscle Petey Williams. This was an interesting idea that they decided to have happen. But also, Petey looked good. He definitely knows how to just enhance the muscles and look really great. Uh... I was kind of surprised that they went with this kind of route where it's kind of like uh, Scott Steiner, but a little bit more like maybe like an Adonis kind of deal. Uh, basically, he's just showing off his muscles. I love how Petey Williams is literally just saying like he's done more muscle man stuff than Scott Steiner has done. But Scott Steiner kind of retorts by saying like, well, you may have done all those muscle things, but I've wrestled all over the world. I've done more than you can. You have a care to do. I'm going to whoop your ass tonight. I don't know if I'm getting my Scott Steiner confused with my Taz because I feel like I did. But it transitions into the next matchup, which is Scott Steiner versus P.D. Williams, Maple Leaf Muscle P.D. Williams, in a case-versus-case winner-takes-all matchup. These are fired deals. They revealed that P.D. Williams had the world title shot and Scott Steiner won the X Division title shot. Scott Steiner wants the world title shot. So... He's basically been stealing Petey's briefcase, and basically he wants that. Petey Williams would love to just keep that, maybe even have an X Division title shot to boot. So this is how this matchup kind of came about. That's really the gist of it. As far as the match itself, it's kind of an interesting one. We have Scott Steiner using his power to his advantage. P. Williams is doing a lot of mind games with him. Like one example is that Scott Steiner tries to go for his elbow drop. P. kind of rolls so that way he's on his stomach and he just starts doing push-ups to where Scott's just like, what the fuck? And he just chases P. Williams. Definitely really smart. P. Williams hits a jawbreaker and a spin kick. Uh, Scott's doing some really great selling in this. I was kind of surprised by that. Scott Steiner hits a belly-to-belly. Then he picks up Petey Williams, hits a power slam into the ropes, lock it in a tree of woe. 
hits a clothesline, then he hits his elbow drop, a top rope belly to belly, and then his fallaway slam. He's just doing all these things and literally pulling Petey Williams' head up, being like, oh, I'm not done yet. We're not done yet. He takes the two cases, wedges them into the uh, corners, opposite corners. And he wants to throw P. Williams into one of the corners. The referee's like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's not fair. Fair. Uh, then we see Petey Williams do just literally, you know, throw Scott into one of the cases anyway. So, okay, I guess they don't like that Scott Steiner can use stuff, but P. Williams using stuff, that's fine. P. Williams gets a Hurricane Rana on Scott Steiner, to which I'm like, holy shit. Uh, Scott counters a destroyer by hitting an Alabama slam. Jeez, that slam looked great. Uh, Petey Williams hits a drop kick to the lower back and then slingshots from the outside into the ring with the knees. And then he hits a cross body. And then he tries going for a Steinerty recliner. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, I was, my mind was being blown away. I'm like, Petey Williams is trying to do a Scott Steiner recliner right now. This is insane. If he would have beaten Scott Steiner with that move, then I will say, wow, Canada has beaten America in the best way possible. Petey Williams hits a tornado DET. Scott Steiner is able to get some momentum back with a low blow. P. Williams is able to hit a low blow back. Tosses Scott Steiner into the other case and then hits a missile drop kick. To which I'm like, okay, this is, this is getting pretty good. Petey Williams, he goes for the Destroyer, and all I thought to myself is, if Scott Steiner gets hit with this Destroyer, I will call this the best match all year. But no, we have a tall woman come in, and it would later be revealed as Raka Khan, making her debut. And they, on the commentary team, are literally just like, holy God, look at this woman, look at this woman. She is tall, she is genetic, oh my God. Uh, Petey Williams... Is just jawjacking with Rocket Khan. Scott Steiner picks up P. Williams into an electric chair position. And I'm thinking to myself, what does, is he going for a one ring angel? I swear if this is where it ends. But he rotates P. Williams from that into a power bomb position and hits a last ride on P. Williams, giving him the win and winning both cases. You know, I gave it a C, but I'm kind of tempted to give it a B just because of the fact that it definitely showcased both men really well. Maybe it was just the fact that the crowd was kind of not too much into it, but I, I kind of liked this matchup. This is kind of a guilty pleasure matchup, just seeing Scott Steiner and P.D. Williams literally show, throwing their best at each other and putting on a really good match between the two of them. I kind of liked I dug it. Yeah, I think I'm going to turn this into a B instead. I found myself enjoying this match more than I really thought I would. So backstage, we have Kurt. He is freaking out because Karen, a quote, you know, Karen left the dressing room. He could be focusing on the world title matchup, but no, no, my wife, no, no, Karen's stressing out. I can't let this happen, blah, 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 blah. And then we have JB. JB, Jeremy Borash, is giving out advice when it comes to women. The guy who literally has been kind of drooling over 
Karen for the longest time. And, uh, yeah, he's the one that's giving advice. Okay. Um, he basically tells him that, you know, that he's trying to basically show, show, show like this deal where, you know, he, <laughs> this is weird. So there's a moment where JB is just like, I'll, I'll be, I'll be you, you be, you be Karen. But he basically takes Kurt by the hand and he's saying like, you know, you gotta treat her right. You have to, you know, make eye contact with her. You gotta show, blah, blah. and Kurt's just not really paid it, any of it. So JB's like, okay, let's try this. What's happening? What's on Thursday? <laughs> and uh, Kurt's like, well, Impact's on Thursday. And JB's like, no, no, what is on Thursday? And Kurt's like, it's the 14th of February. It's like, what is on Thursday? What happens on the 14th of February? Practically just force-feeding it to Kurt Angle, and Kurt's just like, Valentine's Day, okay. And JB kind of says like, well, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, time of love and stuff like that. Why not do something special for her? Why not have, you know, do like a vow renewal? And Kurt's like, that's a great idea. That's an amazing idea. That, that'll help. That'll win her over. I'm glad I thought of it. And JB is just giving Kurt like this last bit of advice, uh, even like a last tip that they could do. Grabs Kurt by the hand, do like the whole eye thing. AJ Styles pops in from the back. He's watching this. And he's just kind of like, I, I don't want to know what this is. I'm leaving. And Kurt and JB are just like, no, 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 no. I, I, I was Karen. I was Karen. He was Kurt. I was Karen. I was Kurt. He was Karen. I'm Kurt. It's one of those things where it's like, wow, they're trying to do like a Triple H and uh, Trish Stratus thing here. Only... You know, not a compromising position, just uh, a situation where where they both looked into each other's eyes and uh, we don't ask questions. Don't ask, don't tell, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's the best way of putting it. That's how it is. All right. So we go into the next matchup. It's James Storm versus Eric Young for the TNA World Beer Drinking Championship. You heard me right. That little toy belt that spins with a beer bottle on it. That is on the line. They did this promo package where you have a bunch of like beer drinking legends that are just saying, like, oh, Eric Young, he's he's doing everything that he can. can. He's really a you know a man's man. He's really representing that championship proudly and blah 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 blah. And they showcased Eric Young waiting outside of a bar at around uh I want to say it was like eight or nine a.m. And he's just kind of like knocking at the door. He's looking out the window. He's not seeing anybody. Then he's just sitting outside and they're going like five minutes later, 10 minutes later until like the bar finally opens up. It's kind of one of those things where they're trying to make it seem like he's seriously like, oh, I'm drinking train for a long time. You know, you know, like do the this many drinks and blah, 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 blah. getting ready for this matchup to which I'm like, okay, this will be interesting. What kind of stipulation will they have for this matchup? Because, I mean, James Storm, he won that best of three series, so must have been some kind of crazy stipulation in this match, right? Maybe a bar brawl or uh, one arm tied behind his back or most person that drinks beers with, something like that. Is that what we got? No. No. Instead, we got a basic wrestling match for a toy 
championship. Uh, James Storm, he goes on the attack early. Young does a Thez press, and then he does his classic dive to the outside. I'm just... I've always forgotten how Eric Young has done a dive on the outside, and he looks really good doing it. He also does this, like, crazy Ric Flair spot where he gets thrown into the turnbuckle, but he's able to just flop right over to top rope and onto the apron. He's so, he's so hilariously talented. Eric Young, you're amazing. Storm, he spits up beer in the face of Eric Young to get some advantage. Uh, he tears up the apron on the outside.